Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. Happy Monday to everybody out there. Enjoy this weather. It's supposed to get a lot colder coming up over the weekend. Gordon, speaking of the weekend, you had a column about the Utes out this weekend. Let's talk about it. Give us uh, the give us the lay of the land. Well, essentially, it's uh, looking at the Utah football program now. I look at it differently than I used to, and that is namely that it's uh, it's to the point now where, you know, the old cliche, they don't rebuild, they reload. Uh, I don't know about that, but they I think they have enough athletes in their program now that they can lose nine of those starters on defense and their quarterback and their uh, stud running back and still be selected as uh, one of the favorites in the Pac-12 South. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Utes were to win it again. And when you consider the the type of athletes they lost, and when you consider what those athletes are doing in the NFL right now, and for them to be able to replace those guys and move forward, uh, it tells you a lot about, one, their recruiting, and two, their development. And I think they've done a great job in doing that. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the South, but they certainly have an opportunity to be in the running, and I think they might be able to win it again. If they win it three straight years, Jake, with the amount of talent that they've lost, that is uh, that is saying something. So I think uh, great uh, props to Kyle Whittingham and the program that he has built. There was a time when the Utes, if they lost anywhere near the kind of talent they lost this last year, that they would be recovering for a long, long time. Not anymore. Not in my opinion. We'll see if I'm right. So I liked your column, Gordon, and I was, I was joking about uh, totally disagreeing with you uh, in the last segment with my tease, except for, this is this is my only thing, and again, it's not really disagreeing, other than I'm not so sure that this year is the best year to make that judgment. Like it may in because, fact, because it's so weird. Because it's so weird, and the conference, especially the division, can't get its act together. I'm thinking of Austin here. Get your act together. Um, I mean, okay, so so you're right. And Utah is a model of stability and has been for a minute now. And I, I totally agree with that assessment. And I agree with the assessment that they brought in more talented players and that this team shouldn't skip too much of a beat. But I don't know if this is the most accurate litmus test for that because you even you yourself have brought up the doubts in Clay Helton, who should be running away with this division this year with Utah turning over uh, so many players. Um, Arizona State, I like the direction that, that um, Herm Edwards is, has headed or is heading, I suppose. But talk to PK about this. You know, there's been plenty of Arizona State head coaches that have had a moderate amount of success but couldn't push it over the top, you know? That Kevin Sumlin hired Arizona has been a disaster. And, hey, Mel Tucker had a big win over the weekend, Gordon, but it was for Michigan State, not Colorado, <laughs> as they had to start over again. So the rest of the division is just, oh, it, it, uh, let's not leave out UCLA. That almost had a mutiny against their head coach over the offseason. So essentially we've gone from wondering whether how the Utes would be able to move into the Pac-12, how long it would take them to really make that adjustment and to get up to speed, to now making excuses for the other teams in their division because 
they're not very good. I'm I'm not really trying to make excuses per se because uh, you know the old cliche, Gordon. They can only win the team that's in fr- uh, win against the team that's in front of them. You know, I I get it. That's not Utah's fault. I'm just uh, maybe a broader conversation. Why can't these these Pac-12 programs get it together? I mean, we we make jokes about how you want to talk about the P5. Well, we know what league's number five. You know, last yeah. I checked, Colorado's got plenty of advantages. They've had plenty of football success in their past. Uh, Arizona, Long maybe, time ago. yeah, Arizona, maybe not as much, but I mean, you know, Tucson, the, the nice weather, um, you, you would think there'd be some things that they could play there, realizing that it's a basketball school. I've always thought Arizona state has a great sell to recruits and I'm surprised that they can't recruit better there. USC is USC. We know they've underachieved for years. They got to figure, figure, the, uh, figure it out. And, and UCLA, I don't know, Gordon. I've thought UCLA is capable of more for years now. Maybe maybe the joke's on me and that I shouldn't expect more from these other universities, but it seems like we're just going through this cycle of failure and it never gets any better. Well, maybe, but the Utes are at the top of that heap and uh, they seem to be doing things better than other schools in their division do. Now, uh, and that's part of the reason I think they'll be successful this year, and this is something you and I have talked about in the past, but Arizona... Oregon State, uh, let's see, uh, who else do they play this year uh, besides USC and, and Arizona well, State? Well, all the division have, uh, UCLA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you look at Colorado, you look at the teams, and, and okay, that's four wins right there. So then it comes down to Arizona State and USC. So if they split, like you were talking about earlier, then that they're five and one. I know, but how real is that five and one when when but you're that, they're that, only playing against two teams all year? That's my point. Well, uh, how, well, how can that, you but, really gauge that using but, an argument but, but, but you use a lot? Because we can only we can only gauge them against the teams they're playing. Yeah. We're talking about the Pac-12 here. I mean, the, that's supposed to be a group of schools that has some athletes that pose threats to you. But it's not, which is my point. And, well, and we, the, we but can here, agree but, and on. My, and, and my point is that the Utes are doing a better job of it than the other schools, and that's somewhat surprising to some folks. I, I hear you, and I don't disagree with that point necessarily. I just, again, I don't know if this year is the year that we're all going to point out and go, see, there's Utah reloading, not rebuilding, reloading, because they're not going to they're, – they're almost um, automatically in at least third place in the division without even taking a snap. <laughs> and we, I agree with you. You pointed out in your column, and, and we've talked about it on the show, that there are two games, and this, this sounds really arrogant, but the, the, the only two games they even have a possibility of losing are against USC and Arizona State. So out of the six games, there's only two good ones, but yet we can make a definitive statement like, well, Utah just reloads now. I mean, I'm saying that more as it is going to be a weird situation because they're not playing a full schedule. And and two, it's disappointment in the the other universities in this league that can't seem to get off the mat. I get it with a place like Oregon State. That's always been difficult to recruit to. And Mike Riley, you know, he had a couple of of years that were okay in there. But I mean, for the most part, Corvallis uh, is kind of a, a rural town. Recruiting there is not all that easy. I, I think the same thing about Washington State. But you know. The North has, I guess, been a little bit more consistent with Oregon and, and Washington, but we'll see where the Huskies go now that, that Coach Pete is gone. You know, mm-hmm. Hopefully they can, they can keep it rolling for the sake of the conference, but I just look at some of these programs and go, God, can't you, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. What's going on? 
Why can't somebody win at Colorado? Why is that impossible? I've been to that stadium before. I've been to Boulder. You should be able to get something going at these places. Well, the the point of the column is a mixture of what I'm saying and what you're saying. Uh, and that's part of the reason that I see the Utes as being having accomplished where what they have to be where they are. And and but me being the uh, glass half full guy and you be the glass half empty guy, then you know I see it as a more of a positive than you do. Well, I think it's good that they're getting in talent. I don't think they're going to be a bad team. I just I, I wish they were playing better teams. I wish they had better uh, better games on their schedule. Wish they had more yeah. of them. I wish they were playing Oregon. I wish they were playing Washington. I I I really do. I wish they were playing Stanford or Cal, who's supposed to be a little better this year. Um, because then maybe we could make the judgment that, uh, oh, Utah doesn't uh, rebuild, they reload. I just don't well, know if we can come to that conclusion but, but based on saying. who they're going to play. But that wasn't the point of what I was saying. It's, uh, you know, nothing is as one-sided as that. Okay. Uh, well, like I said, I'm not really disagreeing to the conclusions you drew. I just don't know if this is the best year to to come to that particular conclusion that Utah just reloads because I don't know if we'll be able to know that. Uh, I, I'm not sure that I uh, count that as heavy as what you're saying. I, I think any year these teams are still going to be on the field. They're still going to be playing each other. They're still It's still a Power 5 conference. And so if, if the Utes are able to go 5-1 and one or better, then, then I would consider that an accomplishment. If they I'm don't go five that. and one, gonna, I would I'm consider gonna, it a massive failure. A massive failure? That will uh, mean that they lost to either the Beavs, the Buffs, the Wildcats, uh, or the Bruins, or lost both games to USC and Arizona State, which means that you lost to both te- the, the only two teams you played all year. That would be a failure in my mind. That's holding them to a pretty high standard. I... I think I think I think they're capable of going five and one, and considering again, I'm looking back at the talent this team lost last year. But but and what you, do you think about you, would four and, and two be a you, failure? Answer that. Would four and two be a failure? Sure, they can uh, go five and one. Fa- they better go five and one. Fa- failure is a pretty strong word. I maybe disappointing. They went four and two and lost to USC and Arizona State. That would be a failure. If they went four and two and beat one of those teams but lost to the Buffs, failure. Or the beeves, or the or the wildcats, failure for sure. I expect five and one. They better go five and one. I I yeah I would expect them to, but uh, I guess I'm a little more forgiving than you are. But uh, but I and, and again I'm I'm juxtapositioning this against uh, the the talent they lost because not only did they lose a bunch of really good players. They lost players who are now playing in the NFL and making a difference there. And they lost their quarterback and their stud running back. And they're still going to find themselves in a, a favorable position in the South. That's my projection. I guess I'm juxtaposing it to the dogs that they play for the most part. <laughs> well, it's not like they're playing BYU schedule. That's not far off. Oh, come on, Jake. You're going to compare Texas State to, no. to uh, Arizona? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, but Houston, Boise State, and, well, maybe not Houston. They've struggled a little bit. But Boise State and San Diego State are probably better than a okay. couple of those teams. Okay, two. Well, like who? Who are they better than? Arizona. 
Colorado, UCLA, Oregon State. Mm, those those programs are down, but they still have they're still better than uh, than most of BYU's slate this sure, year. Sure, but not, not Boise or San Diego State. Not that we really need to compare, but uh, no, but that's... it's a similar problem for both teams. Is is, is can you really come to so, uh, some conclusions based on their opponents? I mean, if Utah only has two legit games out of six. And which will eventually be three, right? Because they'll add somebody in in that in that last week, and you know we don't know who that could be. That could be anybody, depending on their positioning in the conference, right? Yeah. So uh, you know maybe that maybe that helps a little bit there at the end. Well, but it, like, it helps in a major way because Arizona State and USC are going to be really good, and then if they have end up having to play Oregon as well, then well, Arizona State and USC might be good. I think they are going to be. Well, you you good. had your doubts about uh, Clay Heldon. You said so right in your column. Yeah, because my expectation for him is higher than what they've done. Well, they haven't done much. <laughs> so why would you think they'd be really good this year? That's what you said. Well, no, they have they have great they have really strong talent. Talent lost to BYU last year. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I don't know they might. We're be gonna good. play that game now. PK We're gonna play that, that game. What? We're no, gonna no, play no. the game that okay last year BYU lost to San Diego State. What does that say about what BYU did? You know you can compare all they beat Boise State. You know I mean I no you said that USC and Arizona State were gonna be really good and I just said that that's far from an automatic at this point. I mean if you talk to PK he thinks that Arizona State's best year is going to be next year. Well I didn't say it was gonna be their best year. I just said they're going to be good. Maybe. But I am we're pretty all, I am we're, pretty We're all guessing at this point, Jake. Well, I'm pretty confident to say the Buffs, the Bruins, the uh, Wildcats and the Beavs are all going to be bad. I feel pretty ba- safe about bad. that. Bad. I don't know if they'll be bad. I, I think a couple of those teams might be bad. Which which one of those that I mentioned will take a step forward this year? And, and hey, I don't know. Somebody usually does in the Pac-12, so maybe it's one of these know. teams. But I we... don't know. I don't know who will. But uh, I, I think they do have I, – I guess I would be down on Colorado and down – Arizona and Colorado are the two that I think are kind of stuck in the mud. And UCLA, I would have said maybe they'll take the next step, except for their offseason has been a disaster. And they're in California where they haven't even been able to go outside. So they haven't practiced or done anything. I mean, well, remember those they, reports that it was Chip Kelly as the one who wanted to push back the, the start time another two weeks? Jake, I think you're downplaying the strength of the Pac-12 too much. I don't. It's not a great league. I don't say it is, but I think it's better than what you're saying. Well, let me. It's not so much the Pac-12 as it is the South Division this year. But let let me put it this way: Utah has an easy schedule for, yeah, for they, they Pac-12. If they if they don't get five and one, it's a disappointment. I don't I don't see how it's not. Uh huh. Regardless of who they're bringing back. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would expect them to go five and one. That's my guess. That was my projection. And uh, but uh, but I am guessing. Sure, but I, I think it's more of an accomplishment than you're giving them credit for. To split their only two hard games—that's more of an accomplishment than I'm the giving other, it credit for. The other for? games are not cinches. It's not like playing Texas State, Jake. It's just not. Well, I mean, you uh, okay? Fine, Arizona so, is in so, Texas State, but you're so, trying to so, tell me yeah, Arizona is really what good. You're, what you're saying, Jake, is you might as well discount everything BYU is doing this year. No, they're playing some teams. And yeah, because doing what they I, can. I know. I said Utah is going to. It would be. It's proving that they're really, really good. And you're saying, well, they're not beating anybody. 
I said, if they don't go five and one, then they suck this year. Well, what are we saying about BYU? They haven't played anybody so far. We're not and talking yet we're about talking, BYU. We're talking about them as being greatly improved, but it's the same theory that you're using, right? And you won't say that BYU is greatly improved, but somehow we'll come to the same conclusion with Utah. No, I think BYU is improved. Oh, I do too. I agree. I'm just but, if you're going to give, but if you're going to give credit to someone who's playing a schedule like that, then you need to give credit to the Utes if they, if they, you know, if they have a strong showing in the South. Well, let's see how it goes. I mean, let's see how well they play. I mean, BYU's played really well most of the year, so let, let's see how Utah plays. I just, if we're going to say because Utah's turning over so much talent, if they win the division. You know, I'm just arguing that I'm not so sure we can come to the conclusion of, oh, Utah's, you know, Alabama, where they don't, not Alabama. Not in a sense as a playoff contender, but saying as a sense of they just reload, that they don't have dips even when they turn over a mass amount of players. I just don't think we'll be able to come to that conclusion regardless. Oh, I do. I disagree with you. Okay. You can disagree with me. I think they've Thanks. got an easy road. <laughs> All right. All right. Why why can you come to that conclusion? Give me the argument. Why? Because they still have to beat USC and Arizona, and both of those are really high-quality programs. And the other teams in the league are not in the South, are not as good, but they're still P5 teams. So you, I give them credit for beating, being better than those programs. And if they beat Arizona State and or USC, then that's really saying something, in my opinion. Okay. Well, I'm and considering that they lost all those players, nine starters off their defense. I'm saying that uh, and their quarterback and their star running back. I'm saying that Arizona. If you want to compare them to Texas State, I mean, I mean, we can go down that road if you really want. But I'll, I'll tell you this: by P five standards, Arizona is gonna stink. Colorado is gonna stink. UCLA is gonna stink, and Oregon State is gonna stink. I, I don't. I'm not as sure of that as you are. Well, I just do. I think they're at the at the level of Utah. No, I don't. I mean, I'm following uh, following the programs just like you. I'm not. I'm not saying that you're not. But you, you, I follow the programs. Kevin Sumlin has been a disaster. A disaster. Yeah, surprisingly uh, so. I thought he would do better. I did too. One hundred percent. I'm with you. Uh, you can't blame Colorado because they've had 15 coaches in the last three years, and Mel Tucker <laughs> left him in the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, there's no, and they weren't particularly good last year, but at least it looked like he was at least capable as a coach. And then, so whatever progress he made, you flushed that right down the turlet. So Colorado's not going to be any good. UCLA, I, I just got done talking about their offseason, and everybody's been holding their breath waiting for, for the Bruins to turn the corner. I don't think that's coming this year. Maybe maybe people can disagree with me, but that they've been a bad football team over the past several years. And then Oregon State's Oregon State. I actually really like their head coach, but I don't think you can make an argument that they're a real great football team. No, I wouldn't consider them great. Huh? So I'm saying Utah has, by Pac-12 standards, is that if that's the caveat we need to put on to, to have an argument about this, by Pac-12 standards, they got an easy road. They 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 basically, I mean, they show up for one game and they're going to go five and one. Uh, see, Jake, I think you're simplifying it. Why, Jake? You, I've told you my opinion. I don't know what else to say to you. Well, I, I mean, just... you 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 believe what you want to believe, and I'll believe what I want to believe. 
I believe that uh, those teams are at least decent enough not to count them as a Texas state. And I think Arizona State and USC are going to be good. So if the Utes are able to hang with them and maybe win the South, then that, that's quite an accomplishment. And I expect them to be in the running. Okay. I just told you how it came to my conclusion. I was just wondering how you came right. to yours. That's all. Yeah. I mean, you think that they're going to be good. Which uh, which team? I think Utah is going to be good. No, no, no. Well, they're opponents, think, not Arizona State, not USC. Well, those two are going to be good. And if they beat those two, then that's enough for me. The fact that they're better than four, four of those other teams in the Pac-12, which is what I use to measure the Utes against, because from where they're coming from, that's a huge accomplishment, in my opinion. And you can sit there and say, well, the Pac-12 sucks, so what Utah has done is, is discounted. But that's, that's not their problem. That's who they're competing against. That's the league they're in. And they've won the South two years in a row, and they have a really good shot at winning it again. And I think that says something beyond just, well, yeah, but their opponents aren't very good. In a shortened schedule. I mean, how many times have we seen Utah go 5-6-0 and only to nosedive? Well, last year they were in the talk of, for the college football playoff until they uh, had their misfortune at the end. Right. And exactly. How did it turn out? That's not part of my – That's a, you're missing what I'm talking about here, Jake. I'm talking about what the Utes are able to do in the Pac-12, in the South, and go into the championship game, which they've done two years in a row, and they have a chance to do it again. And I think that I'm giving them credit for that. Okay. You said it'd be a monumental feat. I'm just not convinced that's true. Well, maybe not. I, I think it separates them from a lot of programs. Certainly from Arizona, Colorado, UCLA, and Oregon State. And Arizona State and USC, probably, considering their recent success. Oh, man, I don't know how they're going to compete against those two powerhouses. Jake, <laughs> do me a favor. Go into, your, go, go into this outside the studio there and slam the door on your head, will you? No. And why does physical violence have to always come up? Why does that have to happen? Because I keep saying it over and over again, and you keep asking me the same question. What, I know, what else? I'm not satisfied with the answer. However, I oh. will tell you this. I, I did like your column. I thought you made a lot of good points, and I you know, I was just thinking about it from a different direction on something I slightly disagreed with you on. So yeah. I do what I normally do, and I put a magnifying on gla uh, glass on that, and then I bother you. Oh, okay. All right. And then, uh, we'll I, agree, and we'll then I win, and then uh, we move win. on. We'll agree to disagree. No, we don't need to. We can agree to agree that, that I won. It's fine. <laughs> It'll be a cold day in hell before that happens. <laughs> don't I know that? Oh. <laughs> Stay tuned. More Big Show straight ahead. Drop of the day, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. It's time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Uh, Eric is filling in for Austin today, Gordon, and uh, he selected today's Drop of the Day. Oh, good. Uh, and uh, this is, you want to set up who did this, uh, Eric? Yeah, this is Joey Molinaro. He is one of the guys at Barstool. He's kind of very impressionist, a little bit of a Frank Caliendo guy. And uh, he, this is uh, Nick Saban. Nick Saban doing trick-or-treating. Right? Yeah, All right. right. 
What we have here, looking, we got a tiger. We don't like them tigers now. <laughs> Happy Halloween. I'll uh, just take one now. All right, just take one. Read the sign that says just take one. I right, gotta have discipline. You can't be coming in here and taking two, three, four, okay? That's not how you run a Halloween program. I, I say take one, you take one. Now, if you're going to come over here and you're going to waste my time on Halloween night and my birthday, and you're going to try to take more than one, it's just not going to happen. All right? So just quit asking. All right. That's, that's pretty funny. It was good. That was not, that wasn't bad. Well, that was a dead ringer for, uh, for saving. Uh, I thought it was good. That that sounds like something he would have said. One hundred percent does. Do you think that uh, that college football coaches, especially kind of like a, you know like celebrities like Nick Saban or whatever that that have all this power on these campuses, do you think their behavior gets weirder and weirder because there's fewer and fewer people around to say like, Coach, that's crazy. Yes, I do too. I <laughs> definitely think that. There's no well. That's why I mean, if I if I were in a position of power like that. I would want, as one of my lieutenants, somebody who's going to tell me the truth no matter what and who I can trust because sometimes you're going to get off course. Sometimes you're going to find yourself in a tough spot and you're going to say the wrong thing and you're going to think the wrong thing, you know? So you need somebody. That's what friends are for, right? So you better have a friend who's strong enough and feels confident enough to be able to tell you that and not feel like, oh, man, if I say this, uh, my, uh, my job's in trouble. You know, it, that that any strong leader will uh, who isn't insecure will uh, welcome that kind of feedback. See, I think I'm going to go the other way, Gordon. I think I'd like the descent into narcissistic madness. I think it'd be pretty <laughs> awesome to be able to do whatever the heck I want and and have everybody else around me. So, uh, uh, hmm, what's the word here? Uh, unwilling to uh, criticize my behavior. I think I'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> Never, never to have anyone disagree with you. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> we get far too much of that the other hey, way. Hey, hey, coach, right? you showed up there in a velour jumpsuit for work today. Yeah, what of it? <laughs> oh, no, it looks good yeah, on you. Know. Just, I'm here. I'm here to be comfortable. In fact, I may wear this to the game. What do you want to do about it? Did you get that with a free bowl of soup? <laughs> uh, See, yeah, I think I, I'd kind of like that, though. You know, you, you've got the, all the local media so in your pocket and uh, so frightened to... Uh, to uh, contradict you, I mean, you could have all sorts of fun with that. Yeah, I want I want the truth from somebody. I need someone I can go to. Well, it depends on what, what's your end game. I mean, uh, uh, Saban's uh, kind of a madman, and he wins. <laughs> I mean, it's, you're so you're, maybe he is right all the time. Yeah, huh? Your guy, Mike Leach, is a <laughs> certified psychopath, and yet he does whatever he wants. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. It works. I mean, there have like, been I, too many. There have been too many powerful leaders in history that haven't had someone to say, "Hey, knock it off, Leah. You're being an idiot." And they, those, uh, those dictators, uh, probably accomplished some pretty incredible things. Maybe not for the good. <laughs> right. Exactly. Which is my point. But still, accomplishments nonetheless. Okay. I mean, look at uh, look at your guy, uh, Rick Majerus. Uh, nobody was saying no to him. Yeah, and it got him in trouble. Not before he uh, made millions of dollars and won a lot of basketball <laughs> games. 
He's in the college yeah. basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, but think about how 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 much better and how good and how lasting it might have been otherwise. I Look, no, it was perfect. It was I pretty lasting. That. You and I will have to disagree on on how good that was. What, how many uh, how many Sweet Sixteens did Big Rick go to? Went to the Final Four, the Elite Eight. Made the tournament how many years? I mean, there's a lot of you can't doubt the man's success. He may not have liked his methods, but in all seriousness, he won a lot. Yeah, but I'm talking about the whole picture. Yeah, I know, not just, the, not just the win-loss record. And I'm talking about how these uh, madmen are uh, winning a lot. Yeah, I still there's more to life than just that. You think Jim Harbaugh has anybody around him that says no? Although he maybe he's a bad example because he had a rough weekend. Speaking of Mel Tucker. Yeah, yeah, that was not. And now people are are crawling after him for his job too, and that's really weird considering Jim freaking Harbaugh. Yeah, what's he ever done? Well, he's done some nice things. I know. I'm partially kidding on that, uh, but uh, you know the thing. Uh, not to get too sidetracked here. Are you surprised that Jim Harbaugh can't find a quarterback in his whole time he's been at, yeah. at Michigan? He hasn't been able to find somebody who's effective at that position. It's pretty yeah, baffling really, to me, actually. That is weird. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's done all right in the past in that regard, but uh, you know he he'll get fired from Michigan. And he'll get a job somewhere else. Someone else will hire him for millions of dollars. I don't know. I wonder how many years he has uh, on his contract at uh, good old Michigan because, you know, we talked about it, what's going on at Arizona. I mean, it's not like these programs are in the financial shape to be paying out huge buyouts. That is true. I don't think, in all honesty, I don't think we'll see a lot of coaches be fired this year, if if any at all. I mean, look at the, the end of, of college basketball season last year, Gordon. How many coaches got fired last year? Like, none. <laughs> Nobody wants to swallow that, that amount of money, huh? Well, nobody wants to go to their athletic departments and go, hey, guys, we're, we're laying off half the building and uh, we're furloughing the rest. But guess what? We're, we're paying out $20 million to buy out a coach. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that would be a good look. Probably wouldn't. Not under these circumstances, that's for sure. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A couple of odds and ends here at uh, the end of the 5 o'clock hour, Gordo. I'm sure you saw the news. Well, we talked about it. Daryl Morey going to the Philadelphia 76ers. He's going to be their uh, president of basketball operations. Other news uh, that came out, Gordon, they're going to also extend Elton Brand. They made that uh, announcement today, who's the general manager. Um that surprised me a little bit, uh, just because, I mean, isn't that, I don't know, who's who's really calling the shots? That seems, now Philadelphia has said that, like, they didn't know Maury was going to be available, and they, they uh, brought his mind in to, to benefit the franchise, and I suppose I get that, but I was a little bit surprised that they extended Elton Brand as well, not just because it's duplication in a sense, but honestly, Elton Brand has not done a very good job. I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, Daryl Morey will be calling the shots. And uh, I would, maybe they're doing that just because he's more familiar with the players and th- that'll give uh, Daryl an opportunity to get up to speed uh, and have that kind of familiarity. Yeah, I, I was just, I guess I, I was just a little bit surprised. What do you think, 
I guess the part of the story also has been that uh, Maury says he likes what he sees, right? And there was this, uh, you know, tweet that was sent out by Joel Embiid where they're on the phone talking together and everybody loves each other, blah, blah, blah. But uh, do you think they're going to change things drastically? Do you, how do you think that's going to go? Because they don't have exactly a big-time open window. And uh, the, the moves that Elton Brand did make kind of handcuffed him by signing Tobias Harris to that big deal and uh, certainly signing Al Horford. I mean, but maybe maybe they think Tobias Harris can be much better than he was uh, and can fit better if they can get the pieces to work better. They've got they've got talent on that team. They just haven't been coordinated well enough. And whether I, they have the attitudes to do that in a way that is useful is is a bit of a mystery to me. Define uh, define. Uh, I'm curious. Define coordinated for me there. What what, well, what could have been done better? Well, it's difficult when you have a, a point guard that really should be playing power forward. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. You know, so so the pieces might not fit all that well, but these guys are talented. See, that, I, that's I what talented. I wanted to get. Why I wanted you to and, define coordination because, like, I, I don't think it's necessarily a, a coaching problem. It's a, it's a fit problem. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I See, I think it can work if the attitudes are right. And I don't know if the attitudes are right. I kind of would guess that they're not. But uh, that's why they brought Daryl Morey in to figure these things out and to, to, to redirect the thing in the right direction. Uh, the, the process has been less than satisfying. I just but, think- man, when you, when, you, when you name off the names on the team, you know, may, maybe they think Daryl Morey can – can you know him being as aggressive as he has been in his past? He can look at the really good pieces that might work somewhere else, and someone else might want them, and then he can make the uh, the changes necessary. I don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid will ever work together for a variety of reasons. So I would be curious to see if Maury trades somebody right off the bat. But then again, uh, Daryl Morey gets starstruck. So, yeah, you know, then uh, there are these, these big-time names. But the, the, the fact remains that Joel Embiid has a chance to be the most dominant low-post uh, low force since, well, the most skilled dominant low-post force since Akeem Olajuwon. I mean, we can talk about Shaq and his dominance, different type of player, obviously. But he mm-hmm. can't. He can't do that if he's being double teamed all the time, and he can't do that if he's standing outside shooting threes. And he's yeah. not a terrible outside shooter, but he's not. That's not where you should be using the guy, you know. And that yeah, gets back to the coordination. So was that a, was that a coaching thing? No. See, or, that's a personnel thing. That's why I wanted you to d- define that coordination. But but can it be utilized in a way that does work? And see, I think that's what the, Daryl Morey's usefulness is. He comes in. They they try to make some adjustments. If they work, they work. If they don't, then watch out because Daryl will make some moves and he'll make some big moves, just like he did in Houston. I'd move Ben Simmons before everybody figured out that he's average. Uh, people are really really high. I, I I mean you you know from talking to our some of our NBA assist guys and whatnot. I, people love this guy. He's a terrific defender, and he's good around the basket. And he's uh, he he can move, but he just can't shoot. And when you have that, then you have a limited situation. Can't be a point guard. In fact, you yeah. can make an argument he's got to be a center. We were talking about, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, but it's kind of true. 
You know? Well, just nobody plays when your center When your center is a better shooter than your point guard, there's something screwy there. Right. Uh, you you do hit on something. I mean, I always kind of take the negative on Ben Simmons because it does bug me that he gets so much credit when he, he's, he can't do uh, the basic – Fun, like the most important thing in basketball, he can't do. But you're 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 right. He is a very good defender. He's very good in the transition. He's a good passer. But the you know it's hard. We saw we saw the Jazz with Rudy and and Favors for years try to play the two big approach with two guys who couldn't shoot outside. It it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Uh huh. So I don't know what Philly's going to do. But unless they do something major, I I don't care who they hire. I'm not putting them in the conversation for for a championship. Well, they need to. They, that's why they hired him, so he can make the arrangements necessary to get them where they want to go. We'll see if he has the stones to actually do it, though. Oh, he does. I think he does. Well, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think in my mind. Has has he ever taken a risk by trading somebody of great value? He's traded for somebody. He did with Chris Paul, but he kind of had to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. He traded I, Dwight I, Howard, but that was after it failed. Who else did he trade for? Seems like we're missing somebody. Well, I mean, he uh, was there for a long time, I and mean, we could go back and, and and really look into it. But I mean, it takes a. My point being, it takes a lot of guts to trade what somebody perceives as a superstar. It just does. Uh-huh. And and particularly yeah. if that superstar is not threatening to leave, right? I mean, it's Indiana didn't take a whole lot of courage to trade Paul George because he told you he was leaving. Yeah, but if you don't do it, then you're destined to win 50 games every year and never go farther than that. Right. Which is kind of Doc Rivers' specialty as of late. If that satisfies you, then you're good for you. But I don't know. Expectations are pretty high for that team, and it has underachieved. And Elton Brand didn't do a good job spending the assets that they had acquired. Again, I still feel so bad for him. Why do I always forget his name? The the process guy who's now two general managers. Ago, oh yeah, uh, for that yeah. team who came from San Antonio. Oh, why am I going blank? Anyway, I feel yeah, terrible I for too. him because just when his grand experiment was about to turn the corner, they canned him, and then have made a series of terrible decisions after. Yeah. Yes, for uh, what could be considered uh, nepotism. Well, right. certainly in the case of Jerry Colangelo and Jerry Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you certainly can make that argument. All right, one more thing, uh, Gordon, here in the 5 o'clock hour tonight, uh, uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, your New York Giants are taking on your <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the spread is 12.5, Tampa Bay minus 12.5. Yep, that's the way I see it. I think Tom Brady will have himself a, another nice game. And it seems to me like the Bucks are – are positioning themselves for a pretty strong run into the postseason. So I know it's a long way off yet, but you know what's interesting? Lot, though? They're a whole lot better than New England. You know what's interesting though, though, is is it's not because of Tommy in the offense. Well, it is a little bit. I uh, okay. It's their defense is awesome. They may have the yeah. best defense in the NFL. One of, yeah. So, yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks are good. And even now Gronkowski's been in on the mix. And for a while there, it seems like he was just blocking. Still can't believe they lost to the Bears. What a joke. Go Giants. <laughs> I hope Tom Brady loses. 
Oh, the Bucks are fun to watch. They're fun to keep an eye on, whether you're a Brady fan or not. Nah. And you're just still mad at him because he took a little air out of the ball. Oh, he cheats. Cheats and he lies. <laughs> Films other teams' practices. You know, <laughs> that wasn't that. him who did that. Well, you, who do you think benefited from that? Oh, uh, you got me on that one. I don't know. Was that was that club wide knowledge? Did everybody know they were doing that, or did they just think their coaches were really smart? Well, I, I'm guessing that uh, they didn't. Uh, they were get, showing the film. I'm guessing they didn't get that intelligence and do nothing with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know we know all this stuff about the other team, but you know what? We're not going to do. We're not going to use it. <laughs> well, see what the coaches could have done is they could have gathered all that information and then distributed it to the players, and the players are going. By golly, these guys are really, really you think? smart. Wow, Coach, you got the exact <laughs> defensive game plan for them next week, huh? Wow, you're really good at what you do. Yeah, downright, downright uh, uh, I'm sure. know it all. I'm sure. Just like that rogue bozo was letting air out of the ball without Tom's knowledge. One guy. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. Hmm. It happened but every you don't game. Think they were so you don't think they were so bold as to be taking that hijacked film and uh and playing it for the straight to the players do you i don't know gordon i have no idea yeah me neither me neither i'm assuming they did i mean they cheat like crazy tom is well, a documented that, cheater and liar uh, <laughs> so you think the bucks are doing what the patriots i'm are assuming doing? so well i'm See, certainly the problem, tom's getting to the ball guy for sure the problem with that sort of thing is when you have a <laughs> when when you have a great when you have a great team, it's it, 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 it's it, well it's kind of like Nixon, you know. He's afraid he was going to lose the election, and so what did he do? He was having oh, I don't know whether he was in on the beginning of it, but he didn't need to do all that stuff. But sometimes people get paranoid, and then they think they need all that extra help in order to uh, to uh, win win games that they were going to win anyway. Slander. Nixon did nothing wrong. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll have more big show coming up. I am not a crook. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.